We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou is off, being as we are around the holidays. I believe he's uh, enjoying some holiday time with the family. Hope you're doing well, Andy. In lieu of Andy, I have brought on uh, Aaron Larswell, who's been a regular on the show in Andy's absence a little bit. Aaron works in the NBA. And um, just a little side Side note here, Aaron has been texting me for six months to not overthink it, and Wiseman was is the pick. So, Aaron, how you doing? I, I'm well. Look at that introduction. Do I get to collect my flowers now? Is that is that what that is? Are we, uh, and Andy's Andy's disappearance, well, I'm calling it a disappearance, uh, has nothing to do with uh, the results of the first game. Is that right? He do, uh, no, no, no. We actually, um, for those who want to hear Andy, we did do a live um, – post-game reaction it's on the light years premium feed it went up last night you guys can catch it he's just going to be off for the next couple days so uh yeah i mean yes yes james wiseman um i it's not even about oh not overthinking it and i'm sure we'll get into this but um i saw the first six of the six months that we've been talking about this as you said i saw um an absolute ability 
for um, someone special. Um, I think he he is the best chance at someone special, more than LaMelo, more than um, Anthony Edwards. I thought that James Wiseman probably had the highest floor, but also had the highest chance of being a superstar. And um, that is what the Warriors have needed and need. So. See, that's interesting. I actually wanted to talk about the game and then get into Wiseman later. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's flip it around. Let's start on Wiseman right now because, um, you know, the the opening game, pretty pretty disgusting. But the, there was one positive, and that was James Wiseman. So let's start here. He's kind of a mystery to most people. Three college games, haven't seen him play in well over a year. The past couple weeks, you've had these kind of cryptic – uh, messages from the Warriors about how great he looks in camp. I mean, it honestly feels like we've gone back 50 years in time where you don't get to see the footage and you're relying on like the newspaper to give you these little nuggets about what players look. So I know every Warrior fan was excited to see what he looked like in his first game. And I want to start here. Did he live up to your expectations? Did he exceed him? Give me your first thoughts on seeing him for the first time in an NBA game. Um. No, he matched my expectations. And I think what's been, what's important here is um, knowing as the Warriors, as of course you do and all of your listeners do, they are not ones that are going to like blow a lot of praise. Um, you, they, they were like, you could occasionally right. hear it. Kurt Kurt is not gonna, right, right. Especially now, now this, and this is the important point. I didn't think what Kerr was saying was cryptic at all. There are going to be some guys like uh, Ron Adams has been doing, you know, trying to say that Wiggins is a better defensive player than he than he is, you know, trying to get help guys get in their heads. But Kerr doesn't do that. And Kerr very specifically tends the other direction, especially when it comes to rookies. We all like blame Kerr uh, for being too beholden to his guys that aren't necessarily as good, but don't make mistakes. Right. And he doesn't right. want to play young guys. Doesn't want to play rookies. Um, he wants the steady guys that he knows exactly what he's going to get from. So to hear Kerr not even be able to like withhold the effusive praise for him, um, I think is really meaningful. And I learned something being around in the NBA, as long as I have been in practices and, and whatnot, when somebody comes in, you can tell immediately, like literally somebody's first, if they're a free agent, they go to a new team, they get drafted. You can tell immediately. You can't necessarily tell that somebody is going to be great, but you can tell that somebody either has it or doesn't have it. If they have it, they still may not be ready. But if a guy doesn't have it, you can see it immediately. Almost always there's a million stories, but we're going to keep this short today. So um, the fact that all of the guys, you know, Steph, even Zaza and Sean Livingston and Kerr, as soon as they see this dude on the floor the first time, everybody's eyes light up. That tells you something. And so it like he met the expect. I, he even probably exceeded my expectations. But again, my expectations for him are very, very high because I, as I've been telling you for months and months and months, I think he has a real chance to be a superstar. Yeah, I mean, when when Steve Kerr is mentioning David Robinson, I was like, whoa, you know, that's some that's some high praise. Just to be clear, I was always I agreed with you. He had one, the highest floor. I was not confident he had the highest ceiling and who knows where this goes. But watching sure. him last night, pretty clear I was underselling how high his ceiling is. Like his athleticism, his combination of size and athleticism is simply not something you see every 
quite frankly, like every two to three drafts, honestly. You no, don't see no, you guys don't, seven feet tall who move like that. You don't see it ever. And and that that like struck me low. DeAndre Jordan's not um you know, he doesn't move like he used to. He's not as right. explosive as he once was. But, but he, he is, is still a massive dude, right? He's still <laughs> a monster. He's big and he's used to pushing guys around down in the paint. Um and he made and and James Wiseman is a 19-year-old and made him look small. Like James Wiseman is Rudy Gobert's size, but can move up and down and can run. And I think the other part, the part that like we all knew that the size, the strength, the athleticism. It's different the, to see it though. It is different. It is different to see it, but there's there's two there's like two parts of it that made gave people pause. One is I don't think people had the the uh, understanding of those two things are you, those are the two things you can't have. But he also has a good bit of skill to go with it, especially for a seven one nineteen year old. He I mean he gets himself in trouble because he's nineteen years old and it's not right. played. But you could see it yesterday. The hook so, shot comes to mind. That was that was yeah, definitely with the, a rookie with the, play with the offhand. But a few times he kind of got the ball at half court and tried to handle a little bit. Now right. is that the best decision? Maybe not. But the fact that he has the ability to do those things um, is very tantalizing. And uh, he's also like, he's a, a big guy, right? So we don't know, especially at the second pick, the league seems to be going away from that. We don't know if there's that value there. So I think that gave people pause, but his combination of size, speed, strength, and skill, you like, there just isn't, there aren't those guys on planet earth. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's that guy down in LA um, and, and maybe Embiid in Philly and, and yeah, that's but, about like, it. Even but, Embiid's and, not that athletic. Embiid, can, just Embiid can't move like that. Anthony no. Davis can move like that, but but Wiseman is bigger than him, right. maybe stronger than him, and taller than him. He has a nine six standing reach. I mean, like Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's the those guys. They just don't exist. The skill level was also was impressive to me because um, I don't want to take too much from the three games in college that we saw fourteen months ago. It literally was fourteen months ago, right? Um, you know, and that was mostly lower competition. So it's not like he really had to use skill. Like he literally just had other to be athletic Oregon, and yeah. dunk on them. Yeah. Other in Oregon. And he had the quintessential big man pick up two fouls. One of which was not really a foul and have to sit half the game situation. Uh, college is insufferable in that way, but uh, that's a different discussion. Um, we didn't really get to see it. And you know, that's the, the two, there are two plays that stood out in my mind that really showed me like, no, he has, the potential to be very skilled in addition to all the physical gifts he has was uh, that dribble drive finger roll. You don't really see big men do that very much. Um, Blue by, I believe it was DeAndre Jordan at that time and just rolled it in great touch. And then there was the, uh, the, the three point shot at the top of the key, you know, the form's still a little funky, but he's clearly got, he's got touch. There's, there's, there's good reason to believe he should be able to shoot it at a proficient enough clip. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think there's a couple things there. One, um, it is a little slow. It's smooth, but it's slow. Right. Um, but because he is so big and so tall right. and has such and, and again, this nine six standing reach. Um, Who's contesting it? It's at not going to be right. You yeah. like, and he's going to be. And if he has that ability that we saw a little bit of, especially because he's left-handed, which people are going to have to get used to, um, if he has the ability to put it on the ground, he is, even if he's just like a mediocre, like slightly below average, but competent three-point shooter, he's going to be able, as he develops, to be able to destroy closeouts. And frankly, I've talked about this a lot through the years, especially doing stuff with the Lakers, um, about Lonzo Ball. There is value in a willingness to shoot 
three-point shots. Because if right. you're standing out there and somebody throws you the ball and you just won't shoot it and everybody knows you won't shoot it, it destroys your offense. It destroys your spacing. So I mean, and we've and Warrior fans have seen a ton of that with Draymond, Iguodala in the playoffs. Ka- Omri Caspi. Yeah, I mean, Caspi's another level. But yeah, exactly. Guys who are just like, look, you know their first goal is to pass the ball or to cut. It's so not it, to just, shoot. just the willingness to shoot those threes. Um, and then after he made the one, you know, the next possession down, you know, you don't love the foot on the line too, but he's firing it up again. So, um, no, like long-term, is he solving the Warriors shooting issues? No, but you know, if he can become effective as a three-point shooter, that will take some pressure off. He's probably already better than Draymond right now. So um, that will probably <laughs> take some pressure off of Steph in this, you know, the Warriors great search for shooting. Let me ask this. This is just one game. Not fair to compare him um, per se, but first impressions of him versus let's just say your first impressions of a rookie, Anthony Davis. If you can remember back that far, I don't want to put, I don't want to compare him to Anthony Davis. Cause that's just really, I mean, that's like ceiling of ceilings. If he hits a player of that level of impact, but I'm trying to think of the last big man who was skilled, who very clearly was going to be a good play. I guess you could throw Carl Anthony Towns into this too. They're both one and duns who were immediately good in NBA. Yeah, but I think um, I think Wiseman is more similar to uh, AD because of that athleticism. Right. Um, but the other thing, like AD was, and this happens a lot, right? And the Warriors, right. <laughs> the last now year have kind of looked like that. But there's a reason that these teams have the number one pick to go get Anthony Davis or have the number two pick to go sure. get James Wiseman. And so generally those guys are kind of thrown in. And Anthony Davis was like thrown into the fire more and like sink or swim. So theoretically, I get, I, I'm more impressed by what Wiseman did yesterday because, I mean, it didn't end up being that way. But theoretically, the games are going to matter more for this Warriors team than you know, whatever that was, 2012, uh, when Anthony Davis was drafted. So, um, do I think he's going to be Anthony Davis? No, but like Anthony Davis is probably when he's all done, going to be a top 30 guy all time, top 40 guy all time. So is Wiseman on that trajectory? No, but I think he has even more. Now his defensive instincts are not, Anthony Davis has always had incredible defensive instincts. Yeah. Wiseman's defensive instincts are not there. He has even more size and athleticism, even than Anthony Davis, to possibly make up for some of those shortcomings. Right. Um, and he's a really smart guy. But um, I like offensively, Anthony Davis couldn't shoot either. Like he wouldn't. He wasn't trying to shoot as a as a rookie like that. So Anthony Davis is also maybe the quickest big man I've ever seen in, in terms of just as a rookie. He was so fast. Yeah, but and the other thing is like Anthony Davis is not height. Um, but he is probably like he and James Wiseman are are similarly sized now, you know, probably sure. like a similar weight. Wiseman may even be a little bigger than him. But that was like you're comparing grown man <laughs> Anthony right, Davis right, right. to why well, I mean, like again, like these guys, even Anthony Davis, right? Like these guys just don't exist. They like how many of those guys are there on even just planet Earth? Like none. Yeah, there's there's very few people who are seven feet tall. Then when you say seven feet with coordination and high end athleticism, it's like a handful. But 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 also like (laughs) right like uh, Rudy Gobert is like he's similar size with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert like fell in the draft because he couldn't move and he looked like, like all of his limbs work independently. 
Like, right. <laughs> and, and still, like, Rudy Gobert, he's better, but he can't really guard on the perimeter. But, like, the, again, those guys with that size, that strength, that speed, that coordination, they just don't exist. So that's why one of the reasons um, that I was incredibly high on Wiseman, I thought he was a no-brainer number one pick coming into the draft. And, you know, last night's game I, I encouraged me even, even further a little bit. Now, like, at this point, I think Kerr – needs to just like let it go at this point like right he has to play 30 whatever minutes you just like he he was their second best player last night by a wide margin that was true even after his first shift where he Kerr removed him very quickly he was mm-hmm. the second best warrior so um even if it's not even if the season gets whether the season goes well he's in their top few guys and should be playing more if the season doesn't go well he should still be closing because he needs the reps so i think that's going to be interesting to see. i mean like I've seen enough of Looney already, frankly. Um, yeah, Andy was throwing it on our season preview pod. He thinks Looney will end up getting traded just because if Wise and this was before we saw Wiseman play, but it's like if Wiseman's as big a part of their plans as he appears to be, and you know, through one game, he clearly is. Uh, Looney's kind of the odd man out there, and he's like one of your only guys who you can actually use to match contracts to maybe get something back in return like because it's pretty much the roster is max contracts and vet minimums of looney right so on some level looney just being a five million dollar contract allows you to kind of cobble something together to maybe maybe get a shooter i don't know what shooter you can get for like seven million but you know like it's very clear i guess this is a good point to transition to the game it's very clear this roster is still a work in progress yeah, I mean that's uh, that's putting it kindly. Now, look, um, I I was on Twitter. We went back and forth on Twitter a little bit yesterday because mm-hmm. I just don't. I think some of it is on Kerr. Um, like the roster is a work in progress, right? And without Draymond and without Clay, like there's just not enough talent. Sure, but I don't think they were being optimized uh, that well. Anyway, um, I just I don't understand. Like we all know that the offense can't survive without Steph. So, and some of it's on Steph too, to be fair, but I don't, I don't understand um, all, all these guys that don't know how to play with Steph. All the, the reason, one of the reasons Steph is so effective off the ball or has been effective off the ball is because of all the second and third and fourth actions um, that defenses and even individual defenders just can't keep up with him mentally. They can't keep up with him physically. They're not going to run with him all that time. But all of those guys that were smart enough to get to those things aren't on the team anymore. Right. So these are guys that aren't necessarily high IQ guys to begin with, but also don't have the institutional knowledge of playing with Steph, knowing where he's going to be, knowing where to get to those second and third and fourth actions. And so, all that, all that time where Steph is just dribbling down, and the first action is him just dumping the ball off and going running around. Right. They're not. They're not going to get to those second and third and fourth actions. So every time that happens is a win for the defense, and it's a wasted possession for the Warriors because somebody other than Steph is going to take a shot on their own that Steph didn't create, which is a not as good of a shot as Steph could get. So um, I do think that the roster is flawed. I do think Draymond will help. I think the roster is flawed and obviously needs more shooting, but. Like, A, Steve, play – you don't have a lot of shooting, but play those guys more. And, B, you need to do stuff with Steph where the, the he is the – it's the first action that gets to a Steph shot, not something that's going to drag on and Steph's going to run around because those guys just aren't there anymore. And we should note, um, Steve mentioned this all through preseason. He said, you know, 
uh, a lot of, I'm trying to find the exact quote, but he, he goes, you know, the play doesn't really start until Steph gives up the ball and starts moving. And it's the second half of the possession that really is hard for guys to adjust to because you don't really have to do this on other teams. Other teams, it's really one to two actions. Uh, and Steph actually even mentioned it in his post game yesterday. We need to get better at, um, you know, recognizing when I cut off ball and, and, you know, he's kind of alluding to the fact that like Pascal Wiggins, these guys, you know, it's kind of like they get the ball and they're used to making one read. It's like pass or shoot. They're not really, um, you know, thinking You're the right. game three to four p- plays down the line. So the real question is like, do they start simplifying it or does that just come to them over time? But I mean, like, here's the thing. You hope it comes to them over time. But, like, Kevin Durant isn't there anymore. Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Draymond. Yeah, like, those guys aren't there. Right. So, yes, you hope that through playing with Steph, guys are going to learn that. Because it took all of those guys time to learn it. However, in the interim, like, you're still trying to win basketball games. Theoretically, right? Uh, so in the interim, you have to go to the stuff that is, is most likely to work. And that stuff is high screen and roll with Steph, Steph shooting 13 to 15 threes a game. Some of them are going to be bad shots. Some of them are going to be contested. I don't really care. They're still better options than everybody else. And the problem is like when Steph isn't, when Steph is on the floor, he needs to be taking every shot. Or if he's not, he's the one deciding who is taking every shot. Because when he's not on the floor, they're going to be a disaster. So when he's on the floor, he's got to be pressing it. So then some of it's on him. I put most of it on Kerr, but some of it's on him. Also, like if the second and third best shooter on the team are going to be Marquise Chris that are going to play are going to be Marquise Chris and Wiseman, and James, and Wiseman <laughs> then frankly, if Draymond isn't ready on Christmas, then Chris should start at four because he's good. At least he'll at least he'll shoot it right. Like, right. Uh, like Juan Toscano Anderson, he's not an NBA player. Pascal has been a disaster recently. His shot is broken. Um, and yeah, he even if he, even role. if he does come around, it's not going to be as a shooter. And and Mulder should play more. Like and Lee should play more. Like the guys that have a chance to right. make a jump shot should play. Obviously, Wiggins and Ubre are going to play. Um, they were both awful yesterday, but yeah. obviously those two guys are going to play. But like I, I guess my my point is. I think the Warriors are going to be okay. I just think it's going to take longer for them to figure out how to all the beautiful game stuff with Steph. So in the meantime, Steve Kerr and Steph need to adjust to some of the Steph is one of the baddest MFers on the planet and theoretically is probably the greatest offensive player in NBA history. So he needs to go get some buckets. And this is something that, you know, it's one thing they were going to probably lose to the Nets and Bucks no matter what they did. Those are two of the five best teams in the league. But it's the following week when they have the Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Pistons. Those are games you can't give away. You can't be giving those games away trying to figure it out when you can just win those games if you let Steph run 50 high pick and rolls. So, I mean, yeah. we, 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 got a, we got a few days until we get to kind of a critical mass of getting really frustrated. But if they're – if they're throwing away those games, trying to do something that may never make sense with this roster, then you got to start wondering if they're really serious about making the playoffs. So we're not there yet, though. So, uh, so I, I guess I have a slightly different opinion. Now, I don't okay. really. I, I was a Warriors fan growing up, but I've been worked for NBA teams. I've been in the NBA, covered sure. the NBA. People that you do that a lot, like some of your fandom, it's like hard, right? But I still watch the Warriors very closely because it's the team I grew up. I have loved 
you know, my entire life, right? So I pay attention. Once, once from the Bay, always from the Bay. And frankly, <laughs> I disagree. I, I think it was frustrating. It's, I, it was critical mass already because this isn't the first time we've seen these things. Sure. Right? And these have been issues for years, right? The Warriors have never been able to score without Steph for years. And still, and that's partially a roster thing, but we have, they have kept, Kerr has kept the high pick and roll, him and Draymond high pick and roll, or him and KD high pick and roll, like in his pocket. And I mean, like theoretically for the playoffs and then doesn't even really deploy it in the playoffs. So it's confusing, like philosophically, it's confusing to me why you don't use your best offensive weapon in the best way. And so it seems like, I'm fearful of the hard-headedness. No, I think Steph right, is a right. really good coach, but like this isn't a new, this isn't a new thing that we're seeing here. No, so I'll, I, I mean I think he's. I think there's he is concern. A Phil Jackson disciple through and through, and with that comes stubbornness and belief in your system above all else. So you got to take the good with the bad with him. But but you are right. Like uh, considering how last year went and how it looked, you know. I don't think we're jumping the gun in wondering is Steve going to make the adjustments necessary or when are they going to come around? Yeah. Yes. So like as much as I get into, you know, like random NBA, well, it wasn't a random NBA game, but like I watch obviously, you know, worship for the Lakers, but I like the Warriors I watch as closely as just about anybody other than the Lakers. And like, I, even as like even as just somebody who enjoys basketball somebody who loves nba basketball somebody the game has been really good to i was just frustrated i was frustrated by it even not so much like as a former warrior fan like i was just frustrated by it because it seemed like it was bad but so much of it was like systemic and it just like was dumb it was just like what do you like this is simple stuff do it agreed i don't yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see how fast it goes. But I do agree. With, you know, I agree with you. I've yes. uh, talked to this ad nauseum. Let's pay some bills and then let's actually get into uh, yesterday's game a little more after that. The NBA is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you options to wager uh, more than anything else you can get in their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins division and championship futures all day and every day head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great signing up bonuses don't forget to use the promo code blue wire at betonline.ag that's blue wire all one word Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has reshaped the way, reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be at their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only need to pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there is no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credits to boost your job post score. 
which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, now let's get to last night's game. I feel like we got to start on Kevin Durant here. Is, is, I mean, did he even tear his Achilles? Are we (laughs) sure that he tore it? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't know it was possible to look that good off of an Achilles tear. Like Wes Matthews and Rudy Gay, I think have made really successful returns from Achilles tears, but they obviously are not the players they were beforehand. Kevin Durant, I mean, it looked like, you know, it was 2019. He's the best player in the world. Nothing's changed. He looked, I mean, the only way I could describe it is he looked like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant looked like Kevin Durant. Now, um, I think it is an interesting question. Um, and, and on the TNT broadcast, I think uh, Charles brought this up a little bit um, in, in the postgame show. But, the you know, he theoretically could have played in the bubble and that would have been, you know, what a year, a year or so. Right. Off. Oh, and so that's a good point. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, he tore, what was it? Uh, you know, the calf in May and then finished it off the, the Achilles in, in June. Um, so this is now 18 months off of it, as opposed to, you know, 12 months off of it that most guys tend to come back. And, you know, I imagine the Warriors are going to push for, you know, and try it and clay will too, to try to clay be ready to start next season so which will be like 12 months which is kind of normal these days so the extra six months obviously is a big deal um i also think that if there is i mean there is only one kevin durant but if there is like an archetype of a player of an nba player and of a human body type that is going to succeed off of that devastating you know the career killer injury it is kevin durant you know he's a seven foot jump shooter um you know, he still he still had his you know the, coming off closeouts, one dribble, getting dunks on people, um, and is yeah, a is a really good weak side shot blocker. But like he's a seven foot guy, like we were talking about with Wiseman with the huge wingspan, and he just is a jump shooter. He's a jump shot maker and is really thin. Looks to be in better shape than we've seen him. He's always been a really thin guy, but looks to be in better shape than we've seen him. Yeah, recently. he looks like he lost a few pounds. Yeah, and so like. A seven foot, a thin seven foot guy that you know is going to shoot that jumper in your eye over and over and over. If there's a guy that's going to come back, it's going to be him. And you know, I, I again, the only way to describe it to me is he looked like Kevin Durant. That is a good point. That indirectly, the COVID, you know, kind of messing up the sports calendar probably benefited him because it bought him a few extra months. Um, You could say the same thing for John Wall, who tore his Achilles in January of 2019. Um, I think it was was around Christmas. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Um, And, you know, he was approaching two years of not having to play NBA basketball. And, you know, who knows how good he'll be, but he looks athletically like John Wall. Well, it doesn't look like he's going to play tonight <laughs> in, <Yeah>. the Rockets, <laughs> in the Rockets opener. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's, another, guys. that's yeah. another podcast. But, uh, but you know, in preseason, he looked physically well. He did. So he did. I'm wondering if the Warriors will – because they're going to be in a tough spot. They can't, they can't give Clay an extra six months because an extra six months would literally be the 2021-2022 season. If right. you're talking about giving an 18-month layoff. But – it seems like this added layoff may have 
giving KD a little more life in his leg than let's just say if he had to play 12 months after he tore it, maybe he'd be dealing with some of the issues that guys like Wesley Matthews and uh, Rudy Gay had to deal with their first year back, which was a lot of minutes monitoring and sitting games and stuff that it doesn't appear like KD's going to have to be as subjected to. No, I mean, I think it's, uh, I didn't know. I mean, obviously we saw pickup stuff and heard about how good he was. And then, um, yeah, he looked really good in the preseason, but you never quite know, right? And like with Steph, we don't quite know what you're going to get. Um, but I think it's like, I didn't, I thought that they're, and I still think that they could theoretically be a mess. I don't think they'll guard anybody, right. uh, Brooklyn. But I, just from what I saw yesterday was enough for me to to elevate them. I think they're right there to win the East. Um, I had them back a little bit because again, I think there's like, both of them are weirdos. Him and Kyrie are both weirdos. Sure. Not, nobody's going to guard anybody. They just don't have any guys that guard and, on the roster. And we can even talk about that. I mean, the Warriors had an abysmal shooting night. This isn't a great shooting roster. But any way you slice it, I mean, they were 10 for 32 on three-pointers defined as open or wide open. Yeah. And, I believe and that was, It was 6 of 18. So 6 of 18 on come, wide open. Right. Four of 14 on just right. open. Open so, is defined as four to six feet. Right. It's, it's a little dicey, but yeah. And then six, and then wide open is the closest defender is six feet or farther from the shooter. Um, and the ones that stick out to me is, I mean. Wiggins like, at the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, just Steph, just butt naked corner threes too. Just yeah. wide, butt naked open threes. And they just weren't, Ubre a couple too. But um, again, like you have feet to shoot set, those. very like almost too open. <laughs> you know it, yeah and the, and those are the ones that um are the ones that stop the game from getting away from you if Wiggins makes two of those even one of those because of those times those are the ones that were like the game it prevents the game from getting becoming a laugher and getting away from you all the like the other stuff Pascal's ter- like just getting abused on defense right. he was terrible Looney like it, he just is who he is and it's not good enough um but like those guys, those little plays here and there are not the ones that stop that freight train. But those wide open threes that you know make a seven zero run seven three and don't let it get to fifteen zero. Like those are the ones that are killers when you just miss those. Right. There were six of twenty five from three through the first three quarters of the game. Obviously, fourth quarter was garbage time, so we're not going to count that. And, but how many how many shots did – like, he turned it on, and when he came back in in the second quarter, the second half of the second quarter, he shot a little bit, you know, got got a few up. But how many shots did Steph take in the first quarter? Four? Five? Like, in the first not- quarter, he took eight, oh, okay. which is surprising because I – my eye test tells me similar years, which was he was trying to get everyone going early when he probably should have been look. He should have done it the other way around. He should have been looking for his shot first. My and, favorite shot of his, I think it was his, his first three, his first right. attempt from three. It was, I think it was the second shot of the game where it was just a 35 foot bomb. Like let's, and I was thinking, oh, you know, him and Dame were talking about their shooting from the logo, but like, that's a good shot for Steph Curry. The Warriors right. running their offense are not going to get a better one. I think another kind of underrated factor is this is they're a team that wants to get out and run and they couldn't they get up, a stop. <laughs> no, you give up, you give up 40, whatever in the first quarter, like you're not, you can't take the ball out of the net and run. It's just, it's not going to work. So then it forces them into half court offense and their half court offense, even with Steph, isn't going to be good enough. And just, just to, to tie it home, six of 25 through three quarters from three Brooklyn was 12 of 25. That's an 18 point swing. They made six more threes on the same amount of attempts 
that's pretty much the margin of the game right there. Yeah, Brooklyn was going to win either way, but the Warriors can't be destroyed from the three-point line the way they are and expect to compete in general. No, and and right, if if Wiggins makes one or two of those wide-open ones. And Uber makes one, a couple of those open right. ones, and Steph it's, makes it's, a couple. Then, right, yeah. Steph, is, Steph is four of ten or five, from, or five of ten. You're like, oh, okay, like it's the, the Warriors aren't going to win, but like it, it doesn't seem like a laugher. Yeah, because like this type of shooting performance yesterday, they would probably lose to anyone. But if those things happen against, you know, a more run-of-the-mill NBA team, not one of the four or five favorites to win the title, yeah, the difference between Wiggins and and Steph and Ubre hitting a couple wide open shots is probably the difference between them winning and losing. Um Yeah, I mean and it's also like that happening, you know. Steph is going to be Steph. Steph is going to make forty-two percent of his threes. Right. I hope he take. I hope he. I literally hope he takes fifteen a game. Um, he's going to make forty-two percent of them. Um, I, I think the the question is if Wiggins and if Wiggins and Ubre make twenty-nine. I don't. know They were terrible yesterday. But if they make thirty percent of their threes, uh, the Warriors are in trouble. If they make thirty-three or thirty-four percent of their threes combined, the Warriors are a playoff team. I, I think it pretty much is that simple because I think we know what we're going to get assuming Steph and Draymond you know play most of the year I think it really just the few percentage points from three from those two guys is what either like sinks or makes the season yeah and I agree with you um I want to give one there was one Steve Kerr quote here which I think we need to talk about he said I didn't like the level of competition I just felt like we were out there in the first half I actually thought we'd compete harder play better defense we didn't do that. We didn't get into their airspace in the first half. Um, as someone who watched the entire preseason, one of the biggest takeaways I had from the preseason was I was pretty happy with their effort level. Like, it's very clear this isn't a roster. You can roll out there and just win on pure talent, you know, like the way the Brooklyn Nets can or the way the Warriors could for years when they had KD, right? They're going to need to be a team who outworks you. And – I don't know what it was. They looked shook, honestly. There's no other way around. Yeah, they they got um, got punked. Immediately, they they got punked. They could not hit a shot at the beginning of the game, and it that lack of confidence seemed to just permeate to the defensive end. Next thing you know, guys aren't getting in there on defense. Like, Oubre, for whatever you think of him defensively, is someone who does get physical and is kind of pest-like. He really wasn't that yesterday. Wiggins has typically been better defensively since he's been to the Warriors. Yesterday, he kind of looked like the dude that, you know, we all kind of lamented in Minnesota. And you can just keep going down the line. Yeah, and I think, um, like, Pascal, I've been harping on him a lot. But um, he's just given up straight line drives over and over and over. And he is a – he's a very – like well-built physical body. He's strong and athletic, but he just – he doesn't do that. On the offensive glass, he uses that. But that's about the only place he uses his physicality is on the right, offensive right. glass. Like he he doesn't play with any force. Uh, he doesn't put his body on anybody. Um, and and I think slower yesterday than I remember him being last year. I don't know if he's in the best shape. No, know. he looked he looked he looked heavy. Um, I, but I think the other thing for him is he looked hesitant even more than heavy. And I think it's because the rebuilding his jumper and then changing his role from go ahead take as many shots as you want right. to be a complimentary piece in the second unit, uh, even though he started yesterday. Um, I think that's messing with his head. And look, there's also a reason guys get drafted will be 41st. There's a reason guys get drafted 41st, right? Um, and play whatever four years in, in college. Um, so I do think, 
I think that Ubre is going to help that. I, I, Wiggins is, we know who he is. He's just going to float some games, some games he'll play with force offensively um, and score a bunch of points, but he's never really going to play with force defensively. And some games he's just going to float around. Um, Wiseman, I think, will learn to do that. I think that's another right. reason he's so important is because the, the the Warriors for years have not had athletes, have not had physicality. Um, you know, they, like Iguodala is pretty strong, good athlete, but like since since those dynasty teams right, the last right. year, there's like there's not there are, haven't been really like they got old and slow. Guys. They were getting by. Right. They were getting by on IQ and skill over athleticism. Right. For and like you know, years. Livingston couldn't jump. They didn't bring David. Like they and all of the the guys that they brought in, all of the late first round draft picks. Uh, they were trying to find guys that could just help a little bit on the margins in those years. Guys that could play guard a little bit, shoot a little bit. But Jordan they, Bell, they didn't, yeah, or, yeah, or like yeah. Poole or Evan, right? Or yeah. like in McCaw, like they they didn't go get those guys that can turn into the guys that they need now because right. they were focused on winning right now, and so the development kind of fell off. Uh, I also think, though, to be fair, I think that's one place. Cause look, it's hard when you're sitting on the, uh, when a coach is on bench telling you guys play, you know, that, like that, that, that message and that voice kind of fails. It's drowned out pretty quick. Right. So I think that's a big, the organizing offensively and defensively, the ability to get Steph, some of those second and third actions is what Draymond is going to do. But more important than all of that, Draymond is going to give them life. He's always been their toughness. He's always been their energy. And so him throwing some bodies around and elbowing people in the mouth and boxing out and yelling at his teammates, I mean, I we saw, going to bring some force to the team. We saw that with the Clippers last year. You know, a coach can only do so much to get a team going. At some point, someone on the floor has to be the guy who holds their teammates accountable for energy. 100%. And I think like that, above, uh, like Draymond was always their attitude and was – Right. Generally, a lot of their swagger, all of their toughness, right? Like Draymond's not getting punked. You might beat him, right? But Draymond is not getting punked. No, Draymond would have got, he would have either gotten the energy level up or got himself ejected yesterday. One or uh, the other's happening. My, my guess is both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I think, I think that is one way in which, uh, I, and I, th- frankly, I think Draymond's going to be more important on offense than defense. Um, because they just have no idea. Like they just don't have any idea on offense, how to play with Steph. And he is one guy that does uh, this team. In addition to lacking shooting is severely passing deficient. Right. Um, That's the so. other reason the offense doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't know why you're asking Kelly Oubre or Andrew Wiggins to, you know, make reads. You would ask Andre Godala to, it's not really uh it's not really their forte. <laughs> no. And I think now I, I, I think if Dre plays on Christmas, um, I don't think the Warriors are going to win, but I think they fight them. And I think sure. that I think what you will see is, and I I texted you this yesterday or the day before. I think it's I think it's possible. I thought it was possible that the Warriors would split because I thought Steph would have forty eight in one of these games. And I think the same Draymond way he would, didn't hit anything last night, he's just as likely to hit twelve threes. Yeah, he'll go. He'll go. He'll go. You know, he'll go, 15, six, yeah. he'll go sixteen of twenty from the floor, and it'll be ten of twelve from deep. You know. Um, so I, I, I think, especially if Dre's back, I hope you're going to see some high pick and roll right at the beginning. Yes, that's probably going to get Giannis switched on to Steph a little bit more than you'd like, but like, so be it. Giannis can be foul prone. So be it. Uh, and, also and, having Giannis out of the play 30 feet from the rim probably helps you get more layups too. So. Also, yeah, I don't know who's going to get them, but also true. So <laughs> I, I think I, I think that like the organizing 
especially on offense, is going to be big for Dre. And he's just not going to get, like, I, he doesn't care, Giannis or LeBron, he's not going to get punked. So some of that will bleed over into his teammates. If I had to guess, I think they're not going to play him on Christmas just to give him a couple extra days. They play the Bulls on Sunday and the Pistons next Tuesday. I think they'll probably be very content if they can get a they can get a split through this opening road trip. So um, fine, fine, but yeah. this season's 72 games, not 82 games. Sure. And and this isn't the three years ago Warriors where you can coast in the playoffs giving games away in 82. Sure, sure. You, you, it's a like it's a fight for the playoffs team in the best of circumstances and it's 72 games. No, that's fair. I mean, I hope he plays on Christmas because they, they felt so lifeless yesterday. You know, if Steph was hitting shots, they would have had a little life, but with zero defensive resistance, it would have, it would have just been more fun for the the viewer. It wouldn't have been competitive either way. So is there, is there an official light years take on the, uh, the Steph like half braids? It, um, I, you know, Steph can do what he wants. I don't have an opinion That's on fair. it. I'm not, That's uh, fair. That's fair. I'm not used to it. It's a little midlife crisis, but you know, let him do what he wants. So <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're both older than him. So I don't think we can make fun of him for being old. Uh, oh, no, 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 not that. I just, I just want to know if you thought it was a good look. No, I don't know. Um, a few of the light years listeners think yeah. he is, He's put on too much muscle, and it's it's affecting his his touch and his overall fluidity of his game. Hmm. You think that's a thing? I mean, we know he's been working out like a maniac. I mean, he, yeah. He's always going to. Steph's a pro's pro. He's I. You'll never see a Steph Curry is out of shape story. Um, but I am wondering. Like he looks bigger than he has in the past. That was a focus mm-hmm. area for him so he could get his shot off easier, be a little stronger. He's aware of the bird of kind of the the weight he has to carry um, in terms of just the offense, right? <laughs> Physically and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. literally and figuratively. Yeah. Do you think um, there's anything to that? Or is that uh, grasping the, at straws because we're looking for any reason for them to be bad? So <laughs> I think that um no, I don't think that's a thing. I think he has done that. So he has to, he's, he may be in the best cardio shape of anybody in the league and he has right. to be to, you know, to do all that, the second, third, fourth actions that nobody else would do that. We've been I mean, he runs about. a marathon every game. Yeah. Right. Like everybody else, right? Like everybody else, those ISO scorers that Steph can be when they give the ball up. James Harden's a great example. Russell uh, Westbrook's a great, even Harden's, LeBron. Harden's the opposite extreme, but, yes. but he, like, <laughs> no, even, even, even LeBron, you know, uh, I, I did some crunch some numbers on this a couple of years ago. I think it was LeBron's first year in uh with the lakers he was when he didn't have the ball he was the slowest guy in the league he just didn't like he didn't move much and so that is one of steph's great advantages so he has to work out all the time to be in the cardio shape for that the added muscle i think it is probably because steph gets beat up a lot steph's a small guy he goes to the basket a lot he gets beat up a lot um so to take all those to take those hits around the rim right some of it he flops a lot too to be fair um, and he plays all that stuff up but to take all that punishment that he gets going to the rim um, right. as a very small human being in the, in an NBA world. Um, I think it's to kind of absorb some of that, that contact. Now I think it's a fair to ask what's going on. I'm not worried about his three point shooting at all. He'll be able to shoot. He'll be, he could literally shoot 40 to 45% in an NBA game until he's, I, until he's 60, literally. Right. Um, but I do have some concern one of the things that made him such an elite offensive player, and in my opinion, at his peak, the greatest offensive player in NBA history, was he was an incredible finisher also. And so I am 
I'm a little bit worried about his finishing numbers around the rim have been steadily declining over the last few years. Maybe that has something to do with that added weight. He's not as flexible or he's not as good around the rim. He's not getting as much as he's not getting there as quickly because he's right. carrying a little more weight or not getting up as high. Cause he's, I don't know what that is exactly, but that's a little bit of a concern for me. I wonder yeah, his touch has been a little off, but I've I've kind of taken the perspective of let him play 15 games in a row, guys. Like he literally hasn't played 15 games in a row in like two full years. You know, like he it's not yeah. like he's missing stuff bad. It's just like it's split second timing stuff that you it doesn't matter how much you train, it's just not the same as a game. So you just, you I, just no, kind of have to go through right. reps. And you know what? It's like we know who Steph is, right? And we, yeah. I think we've seen enough in preseason and then saw enough yesterday to say that Steph is still Steph. Is right. there enough around him to, like, he's not going to have the freedom he had before. He never will. Uh, I mean, the space and, and such. But sure. is the talent around him good enough to give him enough so that he can still be Steph? I, I, I think so, but I don't know yet. It, it, it's reminiscent to me of, God, I guess it was, was it three years ago? Two or three years ago when Clay started the year, you know, and he was like two for his first 38 from three. And like, people oh, yeah, it was going 2019. He's, yeah, he's, he's like Clay. 33% right. from three I mean, like, through but, Christmas. Yeah, but I'm like, okay, look, like it's Clay. Clay didn't forget how to shoot all of a sudden. And then, you know, and then he goes to Chicago and, you know, is 14 for 19 or something like that. Yeah. From three breaks <laughs> the record, right? Warriors scored, I think it was 95, 90 or 95 in the first half. Um, so I think people like it, it may, and it may not be Christmas, but in the next few games here, Steph is going to explode. You know, he's going to have 23 in the third quarter. He's going to make eight or nine or 10 or 11 threes. Right. And everybody's going to be like, okay, what are we doing? This is Steph. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that clay story, I was watching that game at the gym. I was running on a treadmill. I nearly fell off the treadmill. Cause it was like, what, you know, when he starts hitting shots, you get excited I nearly tripped all over myself. So, you know, um, <laughs> I, was in, I was in a Buffalo Wild Wings watching that just cackling because it was like <laughs> silliness. And then uh, he shortly, shortly thereafter had uh, 10 threes uh, here at Staples Center against the Lakers. And I was so he was like was 10 for 10. He made his first 10. And I was so happy for him because I'm, I'm very fond of and close with Michael Thompson, who does the, the radio right. for, for the Lakers. And uh, so in my travels with the Lakers, I get to, you know, like hide my little pieces of warrior fandom by just saying I'm watching, I'm hanging out with Michael and watching the watching clay, but Michael had never seen him have any of his good games, any of his big games. So I was like, just thinking of Michael and going up to Michael as clay is 10 for 10 from, from, from deep. So that was, that was even, that was for me personally, that was even more exciting than the, uh, than, than the 14 in, in Chicago, but nice. Um, let's end on this. Okay. I, Opening night could not have gone worse for the Warriors. Um, what do you want to see? Steph, Steph, Steph didn't get hurt. It could have gone worse. Let's not put that into the universe. And, and, um, and Wiseman, and, and, and Wiseman okay. was a positive. Wiseman lived up to all the hype and then some. I think everyone should be at least excited that the Warriors have a player who, I mean, he's 19. <laughs> they have a player they can build around as Steph starts aging. That's a positive. Anyway, um, what do you want to see? But in the short term, what do you want to see from them on Christmas and on the rest of this road trip just to show that they're moving in the correct direction? Uh, I, I guess I want to see a from, – from Steph, partially, um, 
more so from Steve Kerr, but from Steph partially, let's say it's like 80, 20 Steve Kerr and Steph. I want to see them recognize and, and accept that the world is different that, right. He says like, right, right. Oh, that's Kerr a great way to Kerr, put it. Kerr would say, Kerr used to say, was it last year, right? Like this, this is the is real the NBA. NBA, right? Yeah. This is the real NBA. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the real NBA. So then you have to do the things that those other people do in the real NBA, right? Like there's been, and, and Warrior fans have made fun of him for years. We've made fun of James Harden for years, right? For right. like, oh, he plays this way. It's just him and a bunch of dudes. Or LeBron, it's just him and a bunch of dudes. Right. Those guys were still able, like, and and people, myself included, put Steph in that category. I think he's better than Harden. I think he has he has the best offensive season ever. It was Steph will never ago. put his whole team on the COVID list by being selfish. That is true. Oh, fair, fair. <laughs> um, so. I, I think it is partially on Steph. I think it is more on Steve Kerr, but except they're saying the right, like, Oh, this is different. They're saying the right things, but then falling into those habits of, well, this is how we play. And we have the guy, we, we you don't have the guys to do that anymore. So uh, I would like to see an acceptance and then an implementation of the world is different. So we have to play, right. Like you say about football coaches, good college coaches, NFL coaches. Right. right? Like, yeah. You don't have your like. We want to run. We're gonna uh, we're gonna throw the ball sixty times are a we, game. Are we, well, are we about to go an hour on Kyle Shanahan now? <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I, I I can give you two hours. But so like, you I, I want the the system to be blended to the talent, and I don't think either one of them has done a great job of that yet. That's the funniest thing because Kerr has been openly talking about how they're going to play. I don't want to call it more traditional, but more like other teams in the NBA, more spacing more pick and roll, less of the motion offense because that's the roster they have. Um, and that kind of got me excited, not because I dislike the system, just because it was a recognition of the reality of the mm-hmm. roster. And then they go out there on opening night and it's like all that lip service just to run out the same thing we saw at the beginning of last year, which was, you know, an offense that just is ill-suited for the roster you have. Yeah, so. it made me – so I wasn't – uh, the, the question last year was right. Steph played those first four games. The Warriors were terrible. Like, right. is that the real Warriors? It was the rest of last year, and I didn't think so coming into this year. But it was reminiscent of that. Sure. Right. Like the Clippers. Just uh, is, is there? I can't remember. If there's language restrictions. They, just, they, punk, they punked them arguably okay. worse than the Bucks or the, y- the Nets. Yeah. Side. Yeah. And then and then and you say okay, like the Clippers should be really good. The Nets, okay, should be really good. And then they came back, I, I, I think OKC. it was their second game. It was OKC. OKC, and we thought OKC was going to be terrible. And OKC was up like 23 to 5 on them in the first quarter. Um, so, like, okay, now, now, like, I have one toe dipped in the water. Like, okay, this is, like, what it is. This is the Warriors uh, now. And, like, Steph can't drag them by himself. But he's also not getting any help. I don't even mean getting help with other guys. I mean, he's not getting any help being able to put being put in position to drag them by himself. And I don't know if he's willing to do it, but he's not being put in a position to do it. And he's not being asked to do it. I think, I think that's one of the more frustrating things about last year is, um, you know, he broke his hand in the fourth game in second quarter. Anyway, the point is we never got to see it kind of, evolve into what it should have been which was eventually like all right we're just gonna let Steph and D'Lo kind of 
run pick and rolls and see what happens there. I think that's inevitably what would have happened if Steph stayed healthy for the whole year. Obviously he didn't. And um, through one game of Wiseman, it was very much worth it for him not to. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, but if you think if you think that, yeah, why didn't why didn't we see it yesterday? I don't know. It's uh, like even when it was a game, how much high I mean, pick it's and roll obvious, you see from Steph? At this point, it's it's very clear it's not Kerr's preferred way to pay, play basketball. So there's some stubbornness here. Too bad. Um, and th- there's also Steph though. I mean, yeah. Right. Steph likes to play the way the Warriors played. He likes to float between on and off ball because he's uniquely amazing at it. Like there's no one else who could play the way he played during the Warriors dynasty years. Like no one else's skill set is really built to play. Like LeBron couldn't play that way. You wouldn't want to use LeBron that way either. But um, uh, you're you're, you're absolutely right. But uh, that's why I said it's partially on Steph. But like, okay, like too bad. This right, is right. Like, so you want them and, and, to, to and, bring it back. You, you can't play. You can't play. You can't do that. Like, oh, this I prefer on and off the ball. But if you, you know, if it's me and you and Andy and you know, like producer Ben and, at the and, center, right, yeah. like <laughs> we can't get you the ball, so it doesn't matter, right? Like, no, I hear what you're saying. You just in that so, ecosystem. So what's going to work in this ecosystem? So we'll end it there. We want to see recognition that they understand the world that they're living in. We want them to understand that it's 2020 and Kelly Oubre is not Andre Vidal. And Andrew Wiggins is not Clay Thompson. He was getting some nice Clay looks there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll we'll end it here. Um, Thanks for coming on. We'll, uh, We'll have you on soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.